Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastors Joel and Patricia Gregory come with part five of their power-packed series entitled Dating Risky Business. Make sure to share this with your friends and your followers, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Today, Now we're going to talk about part five, now that we're dating. Okay, and so all of this information is in the Linked Up app as well as the YouVersion Bible app. Go to the events section and just hit Linked Up Church. All the information will be right there. But let's get into this today. It says, we've looked at modern dating versus biblical dating. That was our first lesson. Men initiate, women respond, our second lesson. Boundaries must be set, which is what we just came out of. And now you've started dating but aren't ready to get engaged. What might your relationship look like in this in-between time? That's what we're going to talk about today. The idea here is to not establish a level of emotional and certainly not physical intimacy that would imply marriage, or as we taught you last week, defrauding one another, and result in a de facto emotional divorce if things don't work out, and then all men are this way, all women are this way, and how many know then we get hurt and we start treating new people based off of the old situations that we came out of? So our goal in dating as Christians is to save marital levels of interaction for marriage itself and to care well for the other person's soul to be different from the world, and ultimately to bring glory to God. So this time, we're going to apply some of the same principles that we've learned up to this point, but now we're going to move beyond that and start talking about the early stages of when things start to get serious. But remember here, the essential line that you want to walk here is to get to know the other person, right, but be responsible and be in a position where you can make an informed decision about whether or not this is someone you're willing to become engaged to and spend the rest of your life with. Most people don't get all of the information before they make decisions. They make decisions and then the information follows. And then the response or the reaction is, you couldn't have told me that earlier? You mean you waited till after we were engaged to tell me that kind of information? So we're going to help you all work through and navigate through those uh, portions of it. So let's look at how this stage might play out considering some of the same issues that we've talked about earlier. So, you know, just the term dating suggests time and it suggests information, right? So when you're in the dating stages and you, you know, I like you, you're attractive, you're cute. You're attractive and cute, too. I like you. I like you, too. So point number one, what are we going to do? Going deeper, how compatible are we? Because it takes more than that, right? A lot more than that. My God, it takes a lot more than that. <laughs> to determine whether we want to spend the rest of our lives with each other. But listen. And this is not the stage to start thinking about wedding gowns, Amen. what kind of ring you want, Amen. whether he can afford to buy the ring that you want. Okay, this is the time to gather information so that you can learn more about each other to see if we're really compatible. Now, clarity and intention should be established when things move from testing the waters to yes, the waters seem fine. You can't assume that because you agreed to start dating or, or courting, presumably with the intention to determine whether marriage is the right thing for you or your partner, will just, that you'll just know with, as things progress. You can't just say, okay, we'll see, how the, see where this goes. And oftentimes, one partner is, uh, oftentimes one of them, somebody, is like, well, let's just see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, let's see where it goes with intention. Right. Okay, if the intention, and we already talked about that, if the intention is to get to know you for the purpose of marriage, then here we go. But if we're just hanging out and having fun, guess what? You're just friends. Okay? You can't function and think or emotionally vest yourself if you're just friends hanging out and having fun, Christian-wise, and think that you're going to convince him to marry you 
or convince her to marry you. Enjoy the friendship. It may evolve, but it may not. And if it doesn't, well, praise God. You got a good friend, right? In the design, I know uh, Bill is like, take off that earring. In the design of a relationship that we're carving out here, caring well for one another means we can't place too high of a premium on being clear. We cannot place too high of a premium on being clear. So figuring out how compatible are we. Part one of that, I love the voice version of this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. This is so good. Because oftentimes it's understood that when we're talking about Christian and non-Christian. But how many of you know there's some levels there? Right. And the people, the divorced folks said, amen, amen right? You, you understand there's some levels there of your Christian walk. It says, don't develop partnership with those who are not followers of Jesus' teaching. I'm reading from the voice version. For what real connection can exist between righteousness and unrighteousness? The point here is people who are not followers of Jesus' teaching. Which means what? It suggests what? They should be aware, prayerful, and word, have some word knowledge to know what Jesus' teachings are. It's not good enough for them to have been at, at the mall and someone came up to them and said, are you saved? If you die tomorrow, where are you going? <laughs> right? And you've been astute in the things of God. You've been convicted. You've been walking some things out. It says... In verse 15, what harmony can exist between the anointed and Satan? Do the faithful and the faithless have anything in common? Can a temple of God find common ground with idols? Don't you see that we house the temple of the living God within us? Remember when he said, I will make a home with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. I love what the amplified version of this says, which is what's in your note. It says, hey, don't hook up or connect with people who are mismatched. Don't connect with people that, and make mismatched alliances with them. In other words, you're on this spiritual level and the other person is on this spiritual level. How do you know this? You know, you both establish that you might be Christians and then you say, oh, what church do you go to? You know, I don't really go to church. Because I got God in my heart. I got I God in my heart. I don't really need to do all I that. I don't need to do all that because I don't trust pastors. I don't trust, you know, churches right first corinthians chapter 5 uh, verse 11 and the passion says but now i'm writing to you so that you would exclude from your fellowship so that you would exclude from your fellowship anyone who calls himself a fellow believer and practices sexual immorality which means and implies they are believers who profess that but still practice immorality they go to church all the time not linked up church but they go to churches all the time. And you know that famous, that infamous comment. God understands my God, heart. God knows my heart. God understands my heart. Yeah. He understands that you can't control your freaky self. Or is consumed with greed. Someone who's chasing money and opportunity more than chasing God. Or is an idolater. We can make ourselves idolaters, but idol worship is anything that's not of God. Or, or before God, anything you put before anything God. Anything you put before God. Ladies, putting a man before God. Men, putting a woman or what she can do before God. Putting sex before God, the car before God, work before God. or is consumed with greed or is an idolater or is verbally abusive or a drunkard or a swindler. Don't mingle with them or even have a meal with someone like that. I didn't say that. It's right here, right, it's right here. Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. And remember, when you're dating, it's an identifier. You're not judging that person, right? What you're judging is the fruit that they're walking in. Once you can clearly see who they are, you must believe them. Regardless of what they tell you, when they show you, believe what they show you more than what they tell you. 
Right, and you know, babe, I looked up that word swindler. And you know, it was identified as being a hustler. Mm. Someone who's constantly and inconsistent with their profession or commitment. Wow. Who's always flipping here and there, can't keep a job. Someone who's just opportunist. That was interesting to me. Mm. Amos chapter 3, verse 3, in the New Living Translation, it says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Remember, in a godly courtship, a godly courtship should bring you closer to God and not closer to sin. So always ask yourself the question, right, now that we're moving towards dating, is this person taking me away from God? Right? Or are they bringing me closer to God? So, you know, a, a great something that just came to mind, an example that I would love to share real quickly is, you know, it, and no one's going to hell over drinking wine. I'm not saying that, although we should abstain from certain things. But, you know, a, a, a person, one person in this here dating relationship was, I don't drink anything. I don't drink alcohol. I'm not, you know, I don't do that. Right. I come from a family of alcoholics. I've committed my life to not drinking alcohol. Then they meet someone, and the person says, well, a, a glass of wine isn't bad. And, and over time, they convince them that, you know, the disciples and the apostles, they drank wine, right? And so the person starts drinking wine. And then it escalated to, you know, Patron. That's a big jump right there, though. That's a big jump right there. A glass of wine to patrol. I'm leaving that alone. I'm I mean, there's some stuff in, in between. You know, you go from a little mixed drink to a little hard seltzer and everything else. But the next thing I know is Patron. And then, then I'm told that it goes from Patron to, you know, uh, laced vaping. And then my question was, was that relationship of God like you said it was you met a man of God oh I just said the, the gender but because it was her that was in the church and she was just committed and these things escalated now this is a long time ago nothing recent and it was a conversation that was having with someone actually at the airport and um and that's what happened and it escalated no one typically when you're dating someone they don't show their full hand at first but when you see the small things, you got to pay attention to that, especially if it contradicts your convictions. Again, not judging, but there are some things that are just no compromises. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you have to have what your absolutes are, right? And then you have to have what, what, what can you work with, right? But you do have certain things have to be, that's off limits. Okay? Now... Guys, the brunt of this work falls on you here. And what the work is, is just being clear and setting the tone for where we're at in this relationship. And so she shouldn't have to guess and try to figure out what are we doing? Because you should be communicating to her very clearly that I'm moving us from the friendship stage and now I want to start exclusively dating you. Now, once we get to this stage, how I many you know when you're friends, you can go out with other people. But when you start dating someone, you need to be clear that it's you only that I'm focused on right now and not multiple situations. I hear all the ladies saying amen. Maybe I'll say it again for three amens from the guys. But once you move her from friendship to I'm dating you now, it should start being exclusive. And that doesn't take that six good. years. Yeah, that was still light. It was light. I ain't going to get through this message today. I want to say it one more time. Once you move her through the friendship stage, uh-huh, let me put a little something on that foot. Once you move her from the friendship stage, uh-huh, to the dating stage, you need to be a little bit more clear. Oh, there we go. There we go. Amen, Pastor Rep. <laughs> Tell her that you loved getting to know her and that you find her a godly woman and that you're interested in pursuing her more serious, a more serious relationship with her. Watch this now for a finite period of time. Again, it don't take six don't take years. you six years to figure out five years to figure out whether or not she the one or not. It doesn't take 
See, again, I got to, let me put a little something on that. I said. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> Basically, to see if there's any clear obstacles. It doesn't take a whole lot of time in terms of beliefs, affections, goals, personalities of the two of you getting married. So when you move into this zone, we're really fact-finding and seeing our similarities greater than our differences. And that's how you make educated decisions. Right. And so, you know, I want you to say this part. Okay. All right. You got to be, well, okay. let me say it. It's strong, but you got to manage it though. So you got to go quicker on your piece. Okay. <laughs> It's just so good. I know. Should I? Okay. You, you should tell her that if she does not find herself in the same place in terms of her feelings about the relationship, right? This is good. Don't be offended by this. Or if she becomes certain at any point moving forward, or you become certain at any point moving forward that she's not interested in marriage to you, she should also communicate that to you immediately. Because, ladies, you know when I'm more attracted to him as a friend than I am dating him. Don't string him along because nobody else is there to take you out or spend time with you. Come on, somebody. Don't, don't waste his time. Come on. I need a little bit better amen from the ladies in here now, right? That's right. And let's just keep him around until something better comes along. Let's be clear. Be clear. Be honest. Be deliberate, right? Is this moment scary? Yes, it is. But most women, if it's the other way around, if it's communicate, him communicating to her, most women will appreciate the clarity. See, because at least now she knows, and now she can move in a different direction knowing that you're not the one for her. Let me also reiterate this. It's like asking someone to date initially in the conversation is not a proposal. Because I said I'm moving you from friendship to dating, I have not proposed to you. We just moved to the next stage of our relationship, right? And neither person is committing to marrying the other person at this point. It's just a marker to say that things are going well. Listen to this now. And as far as you're concerned, the game is changing. Now I'm moving into a different level of this uh, uh, friendship, into this dating. I need to be more exclusive, serious, and focused so we don't waste each other's time over an extended period of time. Is everybody clear on that? If this, set, if this portion is done well, it'll actually put both the male and the female at ease going forward because now we both know clearly where we're at. Exactly. I don't need to say much more of that except this. Ladies and gentlemen, if he is starting to pursue you, gentlemen, you want to be prepared but if he is not prepared because he's figuring, I'm getting prepared, I'll be ready, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay, ideally you want to be prepared. But ladies, give that man the space to get prepared. So that's so important because he may tell you, you're the one, but I still need to work on some things. You really need to let him go work on some things. I.e., he's still living with mama. Right. Or auntie or grandmama. Because anything you take prematurely will have premature complications. And premature complications means extra time in the hospital. Fixing things. I'm through. All right. <laughs> I knew you wanted to add something to that. We're not going to get finished with this today. You can see that, right? I didn't add nothing. So we're we're going to be, we, we have to be succinct now. Let's talk about the temptation trap. Now, how many of y'all know once you move from friendship to exclusively dating, the temptation gets greater? Because now you all feel like we're working on something. Uh. And now because we're working on something, we need to learn some other stuff about each other. Don't look at me like that. See, if you look away, I know something. If you keep looking at me, then we're good. But if you look up... 
I'm putting the eyes on you. Where you at now? Where you at? I'm just kidding. Let's talk about this. Obviously, as your relationship progresses, the two of you will probably spend more time uh, together uh, than in the early stage, right? Less group dating and more one-on-one time. So the more time you spend together alone, how many of you know creates other stuff? Mm. I need a better amen in here. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. That's okay to a point, but you'll also need to have some more serious discussions about major issues, right? We'll get into those. That said, it's still a dangerous, still dangerous to spend time together alone in a private setting. Temptation in this area is usually underestimated. So now we've moved from going out to dinner to I'm going to cook dinner at home. Mm, candles. Candles. Rose petals. Sexy outfit. <laughs> Slippers. Soft, soft music. Nobody else around. Dim lights. By the time we get done watching the movie, it's already midnight. Do you really want me to drive home this late at night? I'll just sleep on the couch. Come on. Come on, anybody in here know what I'm talking about? And then you don't have to sleep on the couch. Just come on in here with me. I'll sleep on one side of the bed. You sleep on the other. Then his foot touches your foot. Your leg touches his leg. You accidentally roll over. Come on, somebody. Somebody know what I'm talking about. He is not speaking from experience. No. Not with you. Prior to saved, I'm speaking from experience. Uh, Free salvation. Yeah. All right, so listen to this. So temptation is easily <laughs> underestimated. This is what I want to be able to say to you all. Listen to me, believers. Once this discipline is broken and you backtrack and you fall into sin and you, you become physically intimate, typically people at that point say they, they totally compromise. You know what they say? We've already messed up now. We out here now. We might as well just go ahead and, and be what we are because we can't reach that goal no more. And how many of y'all know that's such a trap of the enemy, right? That is of the devil. And the thing is, once the two of them break that, it is now very hard to stop and get back on track. It can be done, but it takes a whole lot more discipline. Very disciplined. All right, let's go through these scriptures very quickly today. You all getting anything out of this today? How many of y'all glad you get to hear this in church? Right? How many of y'all can look back and say, I probably would have done a whole lot of things differently had I known this a little bit sooner? Raise your hand if you can honestly admit that, right? Watch this. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 out of the Passion Translation says, Avoid every appearance of evil. Notice what it didn't say. It didn't say avoid evil. It said avoid the appearance of evil. So you've got to discipline yourself where you can get to a place where I don't even want to do things that look like it's wrong, let alone do something that's wrong. Right? And so you just practice being in the right places at the right time. Romans chapter 14, verse 16 says, this is so key. And again, leadership, guys, a lot of this falls on you. I would always tell her, we're not going to date in the home. We're not doing this. They're just things I wouldn't do because it just didn't look good. I mean, no, I could have went and picked her up. Uh, to go to church in the morning. She slept at her place. I slept at my place. But service started at 8 o'clock in the morning. So, I mean, if I went over to pick her up, I got to be there one hour before. So, if I went over there to pick her up at 6, 6.30, and we pull up in the same car together at church, she slept at her place, I slept at my place. Let me tell you, no one's going to believe that. It's going to look like we slept at the same place and then got up and went to church together. It's going to look like we're living together. These are just all things that you have to manage, folks, because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is bring glory to God through this relationship. And we want to lead others to Christ, and we want to show other people the right way to do things because they are watching us once we say that we're Christians. Again, I can't reiterate this enough. It's easier to avoid temptation than it is to resist temptation. 
And this is especially true. What we're talking about right now is especially significant. What he's saying especially for those of you that have children. For you single people that are parents, it is especially important that you observe what we're talking about right here because you don't want to be that example and then they turn 14, 15, 16 years old and they throw it in your face. Well, you did it. Because that's what they will do. All right. Let's look at Romans chapter 14, verse 16. We just looked at that. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Passion Translation says, we will all experience times of testing. The New King James and the King James uses the word temptation or test or trials, right, which is the original Greek there. So we all experience that, which is normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. Somebody thank God for that. Yes. Which all he's telling you up front is you'll never go through anything that you can't trust him to get you through it if you trust him, right? Then he says here, he will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial that you face so that you can bear. So, so there's really nothing that comes to you that God doesn't already know you can defeat that. Everybody clear on that? So there's nothing that's ever getting to you that God doesn't know you can defeat it. So really what God is saying is, try my girl, try my boy, because I know they will knock your teeth out, Satan, in this situation. And what you want to do is make God look good by defeating the enemy every, and with everything he tries to throw your way. Okay? Then it says here, uh, and each test is an opportunity. Somebody say opportunity. Look at what it's an opportunity for, to learn how to trust God more. Because as you discipline yourself in your singleness, it's the same discipline that's required in your marriage life that keeps you holy. Mm. It's really no different. It's the same discipline. The one that keeps you from sleeping with them is the one that keeps you from cheating on them. Mm. I need a little better, better amen in here, right? But see, when I practice cheating in my singleness, because he that is married is married unto the Lord. Yes. So when I practice committing adultery on God, how I many know I am going to treat you worse than I treat God? If I say I'm a Christian. If I say I'm a Christian. So each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out, I love this word, victoriously, right? And what is the way of escape? Every time Satan tempted Jesus, Jesus put the word on him. Jesus said, it is written, right? David said it this way. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, right? So when I see the situation presenting itself, if I don't have that word in my heart, how many know I probably can't flee? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is without his body. But he that commits fornication sinneth against his own body. What know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which you have of God, for you are not your own? Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit which belongs to God. I mean, if that's not in your heart, you can't run. Right? So the way of escape is always going to be through the word of God, but I can't really operate in what I don't know. That's right. So if you don't know, then this is what happens. Justification, speculation, and negotiations. Try to justify. You know what? But I know he really liked me. He spent all his time with me, and she always doing this stuff for me, and da-da-da-da-da. And we start justifying, but, you know, he's proven this by doing this, and she's proven this by doing this, and then we start negotiating. Well, God, we look for scriptures. Well, well, well this, this character in the Bible did do this, and, you know, God didn't do anything to them, and, and this happened here, and God... They turned out all right. And they turned out all right. Never mind that they were killed by the time they were 32 years old. 17 years, I mean, you know, seven years later or whatever the case may be, right? So you got to be careful of that. Number three, real-life conversations. Real-life conversations. Getting to know one another intimately, there will be also be some changes in the topics that are appropriate to discuss. 
There will be changes in your topics. You may at this point begin to get to know your potential partner on a more deeply spiritual level. You can share testimonies, talk about more deeply about who you are, life goals, important theological issues, and where you're comfortable going to church to make sure the two of you are basically on the same page. There should be a good deal of commonality between your goals and your visions. If he doesn't know where he's going, he can't take you there. If she doesn't know where she's going, she's going to be dead weight. You can also discuss things like interest, family, emotional issues, etc. in greater detail if it looks like things could be headed towards marriage. But caution is always in order as you get more deeply involved. And so, you know, one of the things that I was told when I was, I don't know when, when this happened, before I knew him, if they can't tell you the moment or their birthday, their spiritual birthday, then you need to sit back and really evaluate and assess what's really going on. Their, their salvation experience. You know, if, if they can't tell you, I, you know, because I, I had to get saved a few times. <laughs> but I remember that first time, University of Michigan on the quad. A little eight-year-old, nine-year-old boy comes up to me and, and ministers to me from a local church. Then I remember the second time I'm at a church in Detroit, Plymouth, and I respond, and, and I'm, you know, Okay, I'm for real this time. And I, 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 I was mostly for real. <laughs> but then, you know, I found out what my flesh could really do. And then that third time, which was the for real time, I'm on the floor in my dining room in my townhouse on, townhouse on Leland Drive in Detroit, Michigan. And I, I, I just had this supernatural experience. And I'm like, okay, Father, it's me and you. Of course, God has jokes because seven days later I meet him. But mind you, my process had been going on. I'm going to church, and my process is going on for four years now. See, God sent me to confirm. <laughs> Psalms chapter 119. <laughs> I mean, but he did. He used him in great ways to confirm in me, listen, I'll give you the desires of your heart, even though you're saying something different. I know what you really want. Talk about that a little bit. So no. He, he, you, sent, <laughs> he sent me to do what? What did that look like to you? When I came on the scene, how did you know God was real? I'm just kidding. Stay going. I knew God was real. No, actually, it's right here. It's right. Not that we're a standard, no. but we sure, did, we sure did pursue the standard. Now, mind you, I'm seven days off my face, snot, tears, and sweat on the floor of my dining room, right? And I meet him, but this is the conversation that we had, which is when found in some, part of his Psalms 119, verses 9 through 11 in the Passion. How can a young man stay pure? And he let me know right then and there. Listen, I lived my life a certain way for the past eight years. Well, actually, at that time, it was five years. For the past five years. So, so you know, as we get to know one another, this is what I'm about. He let me know right up front. First day, we, we be that home. night. I no was sleep. almost offended. There will be no sleeping. Who together. do you think you are? What you think I want you like that? You ain't all that. <laughs> who do you think you are? Better yet, who do you think I am? I'm not lusting after you. I'm in, I'm saved for real now. Yes. I just told God this man him to eternity. Yes. yes, she was. That's why I had to tell her that. I could tell by the way she was looking at me. No, he couldn't. She was looking. She no, was, he couldn't. She was looking at me like a, like a drumstick. She was looking at me like a, like a barbecued spare rib. She, she was looking at me like a beef rib. Uh, I just saw how she was looking. I said, hey, wait, it's not getting ready to be. <laughs> Slow your roll, player. Slow your roll. It says, how can a young man stay pure? Check this out. He answers the question. Only by living in the word of God and walking in its truth. Now, this is what's funny. God will show you your steps oftentimes, and he will, he, 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 I mean, he'll give you little glimpses. And my testimony is not your testimony, but I know this. God is faithful. And so people have been telling me about this dude for a while. I didn't know who he was. In fact, when I first saw him, there was a woman sitting behind him because I was in an old traditional church at that time. And so the male ministers would sit in front and the female ministers would sit behind him. And the one that consistently sat behind him was this older lady. 
I didn't know this at the time. I'm brand new to church. I told you I didn't enter into a church until I was 23. And so, 22. And so now I'm seeing this here, the woman behind. Now, mind you, she's old enough to be his mama. Which like, means you could look at her and tell. But I thought that they were together because she kept sitting wife. behind him. You I'm like, look at her and tell why is everybody telling wife. me about no this ring dude? On my finger. He, he, he's into older ladies. I have, <laughs> and this is what's happening in the, in the, in the young man's heart. I have longed for you with, my pa with the passion of my heart. Don't let me stray from your directions. I consider your prophecies to be my greatest treasure, and I memorize them and write them on, the, on my heart to keep me from committing sins, treason against you. Right, so, so what she's saying here was it more important for me to be right with God than it was to be right with her. I really didn't want to hurt God. That was the ultimate thing I was trying to communicate to her. But I want you to go back and read something because you missed something here, and it's important. I want them to hear it, right? We're talking about what to look for in a godly man. Oh, that's down. All right? Oh, yes, we are talking about and, that. And I'm I sorry. I want you to read. Take this into consideration. Oh, yes, I missed that whole point. Rewind. <laughs> So we're talking about what to look for in a godly man. I'm sorry I did not emphasize that. I got excited because he just started acting silly. <laughs> See how we blame, you know? It's okay. <laughs> I, I, that first one is so important. Take this into consideration. Is he a man? Why is that important today? When I was watching that show with my daughter. A bunch of boys. Th this guy got all the way, asked her to marry her. And then once that she's seen for the first time, then he tells her he's bi. Right? And again, I'm just going to be clear in church. I don't really play mix with that stuff. I don't mix words, right? And so he didn't see gender. He just sees love. And so whoever he's in love with, that's who he's in love with. Right? But if it's a male, that's a homosexual. That's called gay. Homosexual. Right? And this is clearly what you're saying. And it blew the female away. Right? Because that's information she should have known up front. That's stuff you tell people as soon as you meet them so that they can make a decision one way or the other whether or not that's something they want to deal with. Right? And so you're trying to find out early on what you're dealing with. Today, and you know, in this day and age, because there are people that, man, I'm telling you, I see certain people and I don't know the difference. You got to look real hard. You got to look for an Adam's apple. Come on, somebody. You got to wait till the hand come out, something. You got you to look at the feet. I got today, you, I'm like. So is he a man? <laughs> I'm sorry. Back. I'm sorry. You back. <laughs> but that, that messed with me right there. That messed with me. I said, babe, did you, I told my daughter, did so, you see that? But listen, you know. Mind you, we talked about becoming so emotionally attached. You're going to develop emotion. That's right. Right? You're going to develop emotion, but you don't want the emotions to lead you. Amen. You want to be very intentional about what you're about, right? So right. that's where those questions come in. And sometimes, you know, you might not necessarily want to, that person might not necessarily want to share that, but you need to be bold enough to ask the question. Not judging, and definitely not to carry that information somewhere else. Girl, yeah, I was talking to him, and he told me that he bat both ways, and I ain't put, I ain't, you know, no. Okay? Does he, uh, uh, so is he a man? Not only is he a man as far as sexuality is concerned, but is he a man in his maturity, or is he a boy? Is he growing into a man? Is he growing into a man? Does he want to be a leader? I don't care what stage of life or where, how he's programmed, he has the capacity to lead if he's interested in marriage. Look for godliness because a husband is to one day be your spiritual leader. So therefore, you have to look that he loves God more than he loves you. Look for his love for God and the advancement of his kingdom. Is he seeking to bring you towards Christ? We've talked about that already. Does he have godly and respectable goals? Can he handle money well? Because it's not just women that have bad credit. There's a lot of guys out there with bad credit, no credit, default credit, right? Is he generous? You find out where a heart is, where his heart is, based off of what? 
where his money is, what he invests in, right? Is he living in godliness and seeking to obey God's word? Is God working in his life and making him more Christ-like? Does he have a strong prayer life? Does he pray for you? Is he honest? Does he seek to take your, uh, is he look, does he seek to maintain purity and respect your purity? Does he treat, how does he treat others? Is he violent? Does he have a consistent job? Right? And then I'll just, uh, you know, 1st Thessalonians, 2nd Thessalonians 3, 3, verses 6 through 15 in the Passion Translation. I'm just going to read the first two verses, but you definitely have it in your notes. Beloved brothers and sisters, we instruct you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to stay away from believers who are unruly and who stray away from all that we have taught you. For you know very well that you should order your lives after our example because we are not undisciplined when we were with you. Paul goes on to talk about how they went there to preach and be a blessing to the people, but yet they worked to provide for their own food. Scripture tells us if he ain't working, he don't need to eat. And, and working for men is fundamental, listen, ladies, to their self-esteem. A man is not right when his life is not right. Mm. right? You're wondering what's going on with him. He doesn't have it together yet, which is why he should not be in a relationship. And I cannot emphasize that enough. We get a lot of our self-esteem from what we do. So if you ask a guy, you know, anything, he's going to start telling you what he does. This is what I do. I'm, I'm into this. I graduated from here. I played here. played college this. I did that. What he I did. did this, right? All of that, right? But what is he doing? But, but the key is what is he doing right what now? What have you done for me lately? Right, right? And, and so, no, it's important. And so, so I'm, I want to emphasize this, ladies. Let that man prove on his own that he values work he respects himself enough. He builds his own self-esteem to get out of his parents' household, Amen. right, and prove to himself that he can successfully take care of himself on his own before he ever says that I want to pursue you. That's right. And I wanted to add this to your notes real quickly. Galatians chapter 5, we don't pay attention to this, but these are the qualifiers. Does he bear the fruit of the Spirit? Yep. Does she bear the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. I'm talking about godly love, honor and respect for themselves and for others. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, self-control. Against such there is no law. Are they bearing the fruit of the Spirit or making efforts to bear that out? And then when you cross that bridge of love where, you know, I love you. you I, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. Love is not a mistake. We don't fall in love. Love is a decision. Love is a decision. I don't suggest this for anybody, but my father and my mother met, and three months later, my daddy is proposing to her. It took them longer to go through the military, pro the United States FBI process to actually get approval for marriage than it did for him to propose to her, right? But when they got married, even though they were only knowing each other for now a, a year and three months, now I, don't, I don't suggest that for anybody. They made a decision to love. Ups and downs, ins and outs, 54, almost 55 years later, they were still very much in love. But my mother would tell me, I decided to stay. I decided to love. And that's what my father told me as well. That's good. All right, we're just going to close right here for today. But I'll just give you a teaser uh, for next week because I know you all are tired. You already lost an hour of sleep. <laughs> I can see the, the environment in here. I, I saw my man nodding right there. Just elbow him right there. <laughs> elbow him right there. Matter of fact, look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, if you get the napping, this is Dr. Mike Freeman right here, Apostle Mike Freeman. Look at your neighbor and tell him, if you get the napping, I'm going to get the slapping. <laughs> All right, we'll just close right here. So next week we're going to talk about, we'll just pick up from here. We're going to talk about what to look for in a godly woman, okay? Let's all stand to our feet, and I'm just going to give you a few of these very quickly. Men, what are you looking for in a godly woman? We'll come back and minister it on next week. Just take some of these things into consideration. Has she surrendered her life to the Lord? Surrendered is a key word there, right? A lot of people accept Jesus as Savior but they don't make him Lord. 
Lord means he gets the final authority in all the decisions that I make. Does she allow you to lead? See, is she combative? Is she always going against? Is she submissive? Does she seek to build you up and help you with what God has called you to do? Does she constantly nag and belittle you? Right? Is what she noticed always what's wrong about you versus what's right? Mm. Is she domestic? Is she clean? Is her house and car always messy? That's how your house might look someday. If that matters to you. Right? Is she pressuring you to have sex with you? Mm, Does she dress sensual, sensually? If she does, you should run from her. Never chase people who lead with their bodies. And ladies, what you'll learn from this, if you use your body to get him, you will have to use your body to keep him. But always know that everybody else has bodies too. So when somebody else comes along with another body, hello, somebody. I'll just stop there because I don't, it's 11, 17. Did you all get anything out of this today? I, I, I'll get through all of those on next week. Good stuff, isn't it? Good stuff. Good stuff, right? Now, let's all just lift our hands to the Father. I can imagine. I can remember being 22 years old and asking God to teach me how to be a man. And I can remember going to one pastor and, and, and he, that wasn't it. I asked him and, and what he told me was it didn't take all of that. How many of you know he told on himself when he told me that? He said, it didn't take all of that. I instantly lost respect for him. I'm actually coming to him about, I don't want to sleep with another female. I want to get my life together. Can you help me? It, don't, it doesn't take all of that. I knew he wasn't my pastor. But I can remember going on this journey, which is really why it's no excuse. I'd never been taught any of this in church. It's no excuse. If someone wants to learn how to be married, it's a lot of information out there, and there's a Bible you can find out. And I can remember God taking me through all of this information, which is how this message is written. And I can remember coming down and telling my mother, and with tears in my eyes, I'm 22 years old, 23 actually, and I told my mother, I said, Mom, God just told me it's going to take me seven years before I get married. And that's how long it would take me to just prepare, get ready, get my life together, you know, get my career going, get my own house, everything. And I'm crying with tears in my eyes. And I remember God, my mother saying to me, if that's what God told you, then his grace will be sufficient for you. And I thank God for supporting mother in that moment because in that moment, I couldn't see how I was going to make it uh, another seven years because my flesh was screaming. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? I was saved, but how many know my flesh wasn't saved? And so I, he was waking up the same way every day. What are we doing? What are we getting into today? Where are we going? Right? Sometimes beating me up in the morning. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Waking me up like, hey, get up, boy. It's time. It's been a while. Right? And I'm, I'm going through, right? But God's grace truly was sufficient. Almost to the date, seven years later, at the age of 30, I married this woman. And God kept me that entire time. Why is God leading me to say all of this? Because I know some of this can sound overwhelming. But I promise you, if you want to be right with God, God will help you. And not only will he help you, he will fulfill what it is that you're pursuing him for. And I'm here to tell you as a testimony, after 25 years, this is the best gift he's ever given me in my life. Not money, not a job, not a car. Come on, somebody, not a vacation. The best gift God has given me is right there. And I thank him for that today. So I want you to be encouraged. If you're watching online, I want you to be encouraged if you're in this room. I don't care where you're at on this journey. Just make the decision that I'm going to do it God's way. And watch God show up and watch him show out. 
Now let's just go ahead and worship him for a moment. Just lift your hands. Let the Holy Spirit minister to your heart right now. Let him love on you right where you're at in your journey. I want you to know in your journey, he's not mad at you. He loves you. If you just found this information out today and you've been living wrong, God says, you know what? My grace covers all of that. I love you so much. That's why I allowed you to be here today. Let's just start from today forward and work on being everything that God wants us to be. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth, what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.